was going to be preaching the message that I feel like was put on my heart for today, just at the end there. I was going to say, just keep going, bro. But, um, yes, yeah, good to be here. Let me just have a sip of the old uh, <laughs> super juice. Oh, they've gone out onto, it's like Gordon's, that was. Um, so, uh, yeah, have you had a lot of people come and visit recently, preachers and stuff? No? No one better than me. Yeah. If anyone's better than me, I don't want to know about it. It's just, no, so, it's, I mean, I love being here. There's, there's a really good um, sense, you know, in the meetings and stuff. That's what you're looking for. It's not all about how professional or technical stuff is. What you want is presence. And if you can sense God's presence, I, I'd come to this church. I lived in Cheltenham. When Christian became pastor, I actually said to the missus, Shall we move back to Gloucestershire? <laughs> and she said, no. <laughs> I said, we can go and help Christian and Angie in the church and all that. And she was like, I've only just got settled here. She said, you're just bored and looking for a bit of excitement. You know. But definitely, I'd come here if I was living in this area. So I think everyone who is living in this area should find out about this place and come along. Is this, do I need this, this is, this is a distraction. Can I go like that, or will it break? It's like, it's staring at me like this. <laughs> what is it? Go away, leave me alone. So, um, yeah, my name's Seb, I'm from South London, and uh, woo, thanks for the woo. And, uh, yeah, it's a, ple- it's a pleasure to come here. We come to Gloucestershire quite a lot, because my in-laws all live in Tewkesbury down the road. So as part of my suffering for the gospel, I stayed at my mother-in-law's last night. And uh, no, not really. She's, she's brilliant. She's amazing. She's, she is a super, a superhuman. Uh, and then loads of my nephews and nieces were staying and my little one came up with us as well. And they're all going out and having fun today somewhere. Um, but yeah, so it's great to be here. And uh, yeah, to preach the word of God, man. No, there's... It's the most, to me, it's the most powerful part of uh, a service or thing that you can do. Because it's through the word of God that people's eyes can be opened and their ears can be opened and they can hear and receive and respond to God. And then how God, this, this is the message really, because this is what I believe, right? What I'm going to share is going to offend most people today. <laughs> Not on purpose, but I'm, 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 a, I'm a fixer. That's my thing. I want to fix things. So when I go somewhere, if I go into someone's house to work, it, something's broken. Their boiler's broken. Their central heating's broken. And I don't care about all the stuff that's working. Show me what's broken so I can fix it. That's how my brain works all the time. And I'm like that with faith. I'm like, yeah, it's good that all that works, but why isn't this working? And what's going on here? How can we make this better? So one of the things, so one of the things I see very commonly, and this is what's going to offend people, I think. I don't mean to. Steve, give me a chance to finish the message before you start beating me up. Is that we we live by how things look and how things feel, and we say that is reality. And it's and so if I was to say to you, you're healed, 
what we'll do is we'll go and say, do I feel I'm healed? And does it look like I'm healed? That's just normal. Do you know why? Because we're born naturally, and we've learned to see naturally, hear naturally, and engage with natural life and circumstances. And that's great, because you're supposed to. I don't get in my car and go, I'm driving by faith with my eyes closed. I mean, it looks like I'm doing that sometimes, but I'm not. But what happened is when you became a Christian, you were spiritually born. And you have spiritual eyes and spiritual ears. And just as you need your natural senses to engage with this natural world, you need to be able to see and hear with your heart to engage with God and his realm and his reality. There's like two realms that coexist, the natural and the spiritual and you, we need to be able to engage with both. If we're just natural people and not engaging with our spiritual eyes and ears, we will miss things that God wants us to have. We will miss things that God has provided. And what happens is we tend to, when we, we just pray for stuff, I know, this, I know Christians, so this is going to be a church with a lot of prayer, which isn't wrong, it's good. But sometimes we're praying for stuff and if we don't see it happen, we think, oh, well, maybe God didn't this or God didn't that. So my fixing brain's going, that can't be right. My fixing brain's going, it can't be God who's so inconsistent. It can't be God who just treats everyone completely differently. God's unconditional love. God loves every person more than I love my kids. So when I see something not happening, I'm not like, oh, maybe God was doing this and he didn't want to do that. I'm like, nah, that can't be right. That's not God. God's Jesus, you know, and Jesus never did that. Jesus wasn't like, this is for some, this is for another. Jesus was throwing the doors and all who come can receive. Oh, it's, it's for everyone, you know what I mean? And what we're doing, we try to naturally work out why is this and why isn't that. But I reckon it's something else. And... Um, I'm going to read the scripture. Let's start with the scripture. So this is in Matthew 13, 15. It says, some of, your, some of the scriptures we didn't have the same translation. Dawn's got the Jehovah's Witness Bible on there and not the Amplified Bible, <laughs> which I'm thinking is horrific. What's going on? And the Mormon Bible, that's on there, but not the Passion Translation. No, I'm only joking. So uh, it says this. New King James Version, this one, which I think this is as well. It says, For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. Lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn so that I should heal them. So the problem isn't there's no power there. The problem isn't there's no God there. The problem is the eyes of the heart have gone dark, so they can't see. And that's why people can't receive, because you have to see. That's why when Jesus ministered, he was preaching and teaching the word of God, and they came to hear. I don't know what happened to my voice then. They came to hear. I think my trousers are a bit tight. <coughs> Now, uh, they came to hear. And what happens when you hear? 
The word of God goes into your heart and is light on the inside of your heart. Light to see and hear. Not physically, but with your heart to see. And as soon as you see, you're like, yes, it's a revelation. And you respond and receive what God is providing for you. Do you see what I mean? There's a process. Jesus didn't just do stuff and just heal people. He, people came to hear because it's in the hearing that the word comes in. It says in Psalm 119, verse 130, it says, the entrance of your word brings light and it brings understanding to the sin. What does light do? It helps you to see. When it's dark, you can't see. But you don't try and get rid of darkness. You get light in, and light will get rid of darkness. Do you see what I'm saying? So when there's something not happening, we go, oh, maybe God's not doing... Well, maybe we can't see, and that's the issue. Maybe we need to get our heart softened to God. See, people think that a hard heart is someone who's mean, so someone who goes and robs old ladies and, you know, just an unpleasant person, we say, oh, look, that's a hard heart. But I think a hard heart is someone who's more dominated by their natural senses than they are by their spiritual senses. That's what a hard heart is. It's when your natural senses rule you and your spiritual senses are just, you don't even know what's going on. It's not very quiet. Because, right, let's read this scripture. It talk, this is the, in Romans, it's talking about the people of the world. And I've just picked out this one verse. It says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. So when your heart becomes hard, it, your eye, it darkens and you can't see. Did you know that God's here right now? But how much can I see? How much can I perceive? Do I know what he's saying? Do I know what he's doing? Do I know what he's offering? Or am I so ruled by my natural senses that I've got no awareness of God whatsoever? And all I do is pray and say, God do this, God do that. Oh, it didn't happen. Oh, maybe God doesn't want it. You know what I mean? We've got to get out of that mentality. God's here. How can we see it? Can we hear, can we sense, can we know? Or is our heart darkened because we've so ruled by the natural? Have we spent time drawing near to God, not to get something done or to get something from God? I'm going to confess this. I'm not saying this is right, but this is what I do anyway. I hardly ever ask God for anything when I pray. I'm praying because I want to come closer, because I want to know him. And as I come closer to God, my heart, is softened, and I begin to perceive beyond what I can see, beyond what I can hear, and know things that there are no other way of knowing. This is what faith is. People think faith is like, faith gets such a bad name, and it's because of some preaching and teaching. Faith is not a positive mental attitude. Faith is not, I'm going to keep saying it, so that something isn't true becomes true. Faith isn't like a religious formula. Faith is being able to see and respond to God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing God speak to you. 
When you hear God speak to you, faith comes, light comes, sound. The ability to respond and receive comes. That's why we need to, that's why I love the word of God. Because in the word of God is, is the seed that will bring light to my insides. So that I can see, hear, know and respond to all the things that God has already given. Sometimes our prayers don't work because we're asking God for things that we've already got. We don't know we've got it because we can't see it. Because we can't see it, we therefore we don't believe it. And therefore we start saying, I'm going to do an example. I need an illustration. Who shall I pick on? Let me have a sip of water while I have a quick look round and find a victim. That was a lot of water. I've got to be careful. At my age, the, the liquid don't stay in very long. It's one cup in, one cup out. It's pretty quick as well, you know. I'm like, what the heck's going on with my bladder? It's the 50s, isn't it? Where's the, we've got the group for up to 40s. Where's the over 50s? For, oh, we, we need a midlife crisis group, don't we? Me and Christian. If we don't, we're going to get a tattoo and start and get motorbikes and stuff. I said to my kids, I'm going to dye my hair blonde. And they, oh, you're not walking down the road with me, Dad. I was like, so I think I'm just having a midlife crisis. Don't worry about it. It's uh, not too serious. You want to come up, mate? Just because I've met you before, there's more chance that you won't be offended. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. Right, what I want you to do, come over here, and I want you to look this way, and I want you to stare at the screen up there. No, I didn't say turn around, did I? I said stare at the screen. Look, I promise you, I'm, a, I'm not going to do anything horrible. All right. Right, what can you see up there? Yeah? Okay. Yeah, all right. Right, when you turn around a sec. Yeah, sorry, turn around. Right, this is uh, important. What I want you to do, have you got any money on you? No, my, my wife carries all the money. <laughs> you haven't got, not even 5p? No, I've got nothing. <laughs> nothing? You haven't got anything? No. What I really need is uh, 20 quid. Oh. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> oh, that's a shame. So, he says to me, who believes him? No. <laughs> he says to me, do you know why? Check his pocket. <laughs> I'm going to have a look. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a hole in that one. I'm not, sure, <laughs> not sure what that's for. It doesn't look like he has. No. So according to you, you have not got 20 pounds. Therefore, you cannot help me no. in this situation. So I need to find someone who has got 20 pounds. Sorry. Okay. Right, I'm going to do something now. Stay there. I'm going to take a picture. See if my phone works. I want you to be in the picture. Can you go forward? All right. There you go. Keep still. <laughs> Smile. <laughs> right, I've just taken a picture of you. That looks good, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on there? What's that? I don't know. Have a look. See if you can grab it. Oh, well, it's like, it's like a magic show, this. <laughs> I'm Paul Daniels. Woo! It's a Debbie McGee. It's, all right. So what's in there? Nothing. So it's all. <laughs> 20 pounds. 
<laughs> you can keep that. I'm going to sit up here. So you see what I mean? Have you got 20 pounds? No. Why? Because he's, he's going, I can't see it. I can't feel it. Therefore, I haven't got it. That's how we've all been taught to live our whole lives since the day we were born. And that's what we do. And what I did is I just showed him something that gave him a different view of himself. Do you know the word of God tells you things that you can't see? The word of God is a mirror to an invisible world where God's realities are. But we go, well, I can't see it. I can't feel it. Therefore, it's not true. You know what the Bible calls that? Carnal. Earthly minded. Not spiritual. That's earthly minded. Carnal, that's hard heart. When you're ruled by what you see and feel, it's a sign of a hard heart. We thought a hard heart was someone who was horrible and mean. But Jesus said the disciples had a hard heart when they marveled that he'd done miracles. Do you know what I mean? Faith doesn't open our eyes. Faith doesn't make God give us something. Faith doesn't move God. Faith moves us. Faith is when I... Faith opens my eyes to something that already exists. It doesn't bring something in. It, well, it kind of brings... It brings it from the spiritual into the natural. So faith shows me things that are real that I can't see. And it brings them in. So when I see... So for an example... I never knew, I used to have a very low self-esteem and uh, I probably suffer from the opposite problem now, which is my family think, my, I had an argument with my oldest daughter and she said, you think you're so brilliant, don't you? And I went, well, yes, <laughs> of course. I think she was trying to make a point, but I didn't get it. I was like, well, yeah, of course I am. But because um, that's, for me, it's my testimony how God has changed my image of how I you know what I mean? So what happens is I knew that I, 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 I was so full of fear and so insecure and so, like, small in my thinking. I'd never be able to do this, you know what I mean? But I knew that I needed a revelation of the love of God. Now, I didn't need to get God to come and love me. I didn't need God to pour his love on me. I didn't need any of that. He's already done that. What I needed was my eyes to be opened. So I took the word of God, the scriptures. I took about three scriptures that showed me without a doubt that God loved me, that my brain couldn't argue with. God so loved the world. One of them was in Romans 5 where it said, God demonstrated his love for us while we were sinners, Christ died for us. You know what I mean? So there was three scriptures, and I just started to make those scriptures my best friends. I started to say them over my life. I started to meditate on all day and just kept saying and saying because I'm not trying to get God to do anything. He's already done everything. The death and resurrection of Jesus has accomplished everything for everyone. What we need is our eyes open to it. So what I did, as I started to meditate on those scriptures that talk about the love of God, those scriptures went into my heart and started to switch the light on. And I began to experience the love of God for myself. I began, I'd get overwhelmed with the love of God. I remember being at a building site, working with lads, you know, 
And the love of God, just I just started to experience it so strong, I knew I was going to burst out crying any moment. And I ran to find somewhere to hide. Because <laughs> you know? I was embarrassed. I didn't want no one, all these lads to see me crying. I ran into this room in the house and there was a bed. I, I laid on the floor and just bawled my eyes out because of the love of God. Got up, looked in the mirror. Yeah, back to normal. Get back to work, Seb, come on. But God didn't just suddenly come. I was, my eyes were being opened. I don't need God to come and heal me. He's already done it. I just need my eyes opened. I don't need the God to pour out his spirit. He's already poured out his spirit. I need my eyes opened. I don't need God to come and do anything. In Jesus, he's done everything. We're trying to get God to do stuff he's already done. And that's why we, it, nothing happens when, you do, when you've got that mentality. It's like, if God's like, here you are, Seb, here's 20 pounds. No, just like this guy. Tom. <laughs> Sorry, I haven't got 20 pounds. Oh, God. He starts praying for 20 pounds for the rest of his life so he can give me 20 pounds. It's already there. He just didn't see it. Do you see what I'm saying? It's there. God's there. The love of God, wherever you are, the love of God is. The power of God is. The kingdom of God is. Faith is. Healing is. Deliverance is. Wherever you are, God's there. Guess what? You're a temple of the Holy Spirit. God's in you. We don't need more. We need our eyes open to what we already have. This is good preaching. <laughs> I like this guy. He's on to something. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I feel like we're always trying to get God to do something he's already done. After, after time. That's why a lot of times I'm not really asking for stuff. I think you should ask. I think, do you know what one of my problems is? is just confessing my own personal stuff here. I grew up in a single parent family with no dad. And it's always been, for me... I've got to get it done myself. There's no one there to do anything. My mum was struggling. She was a wreck. <laughs> I hope she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> mum. I love my mum. She's been like a mother to me. But uh, <laughs> I, you know what I mean? So I think in my brain and psyche, I'm used to no one being there for me. So I don't even think about asking. I probably ask God for something once a year or something. But what I do do in prayer thanksgiving. What did it say in that scripture about the people? It said they didn't glorify him as God and were unthankful. So what I do is like, I thank you Lord that I'm full of your love. I thank you Lord that I have the power of the Holy Spirit. I thank you Lord I'm blessed with every... Keep it scriptural, then you can't go wrong. You know what I mean? I thank you Lord that greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. I thank you God that you give me everything I need for life and godliness. I'm just ministering the word to myself. To open the eyes of my heart so I can experience these things. And I spend time just seeking God, praying in tongues. Praying in tongues floods your insides with light. I'm starting to pray in tongues more. Because I, I used to do it a lot and then I drifted away. And now I'm drifting back. So I'm in my van driving. I start trying to pray in tongues because you're ministering what God has done to you. You're ministering salvation to yourself. You're working, what did Paul say? Work out your salvation. It's already worked in when you were born again. And now you're working out what God's worked in. 
You're righteous right now. You're holy right now. You're blessed right now. You're whole right now. It's in the spiritual realm, but it's yours. And a revelation of those things brings it from that place into this place. That's why the word of God is so important. There's a real great biblical story of this. It's in um, somewhere. The old bit of the Bible. First bit. King two, so 2 Kings 6. This story is just, it's just going to say what I'm saying, but so, well, good. You see, I, got, I wrote it, I put it in here in the message. I'd never even knew, known I've ever quoted the message Bible, but for some reason I've done it. So I think it's different on there. So I'll, I'll read it, and it'll be different there, which is annoying for everyone. I, I find it annoying when I'm sitting there, and it's different. It's not no one's fault. You know, I'm not going to go. My fault, probably. Early in the morning, a servant... So this is Elisha, or Elijah, I get them mixed up. Their names are too similar. So that Elisha has been telling the secrets of the Syrian army to his king in Israel, saying, right, this is what they're going to do. And the Syrian king is like, we've got a spy. Someone is telling, someone in here is a spy because they're telling all the secrets because the children of Israel always know what we're going to do. How is this possible unless someone is telling them secrets? And then someone said, no, you haven't got a spy. It's it's Elisha, the prophet of God. He's been telling the king what we're going to do. So this is where the story takes off. Early in the morning... A servant of the holy man got up, went out, surprised. Horses and chariots surrounding the city. The young man exclaimed, Oh, master, what shall, we, what shall we do? He said, don't worry about it. Went all cockney. Don't worry about it, son. Don't worry about it. There are more on our side than on their side. One, two. One thousand, two thousand. Do you know what I mean? He's, what's wrong with Elisha? He's, is he on something? He's had too many pills. You know, he's, he ate those mushrooms that you warned him not to eat. And now he's seeing things. That's not in the Bible. I made that bit up just for him. <laughs> Artistic license. And, uh, and he said, don't worry about it. There are more on our side than on their side. Then Elisha prayed, oh God, open his eyes and let him see. The eyes of the young man were opened and he saw a wonder. The whole mountainside full of horses, chariots of fire surrounding Elisha. When the Armenians attacked, Elisha prayed to God, strike these people blind. And God struck them blind, just as Elisha said. So if Elisha was, Elisha could see beyond the natural. And so he's cool. He's like, no problem. We're bigger than them. We've got more than them. But the other bloke, his servant, I can't remember his name, G something. What is it? Gehazi. Kazi? Gehazi. I was going to say, keep it clean, Andrew, we're in church. Yeah, Gehazi. So if Elisha wasn't there, he would have been killed. The difference between life and death was being able to see beyond the natural. To see with your heart, to see spiritual things, so that you can respond. And Elisha just went and took a whole army out on his own. Not on his own, but with God's power and God's angels and all the hidden stuff that you can't see. You see what I mean? It's not about getting more, it's about seeing what's already there. 
If you're a Christian, you're the most powerful person walking on the planet. There's no one more powerful than Christians on the planet. There's no evil more powerful than one Christian on their own because a Christian has God on them, God inside them. There's nothing stronger, nothing more powerful, nothing with more authority. But we don't know it because we can't see it. So we're like, oh, God, please, we're so small and insignificant. Oh, Lord, please. And what our mentality is, there's me here, just a geezer, a bloke. There's God up there with everything. And there's needs. And we're like, I need God up there to come down and meet these needs because I'm just a bloke. And that's not the truth. The truth is God isn't up there. The truth is God's in here. Christ in you. And God's like, let me out. <laughs> I'll do it. But we're like, no, I haven't got anything. I'm just a, I'm just a, you know, I'm just a plumber from London. I'm just, you know, I'm just a small. No, you've got to get rid of that. You're a man and woman of God. Wherever you are, God is. Wherever you are, power is. Wherever. But we've got to press into God so our eyes can open to this stuff. Look at this prayer of Paul in Ephesians. Let's have another sip of water. You don't have to fill it up here. I heard Jack whisper. You whisper very loudly. <laughs> Never tell you a secret. <laughs> Did you hear about Sam? No, that's all. I'm only joking. Sorry, Sam. Yeah. Ephesians 1, 17 to 18 says this. From the old, from after Jesus' resurrection, the way people pray changes. Because before the resurrection, we all have not. But after the resurrection, we're suddenly haves, you know? And the prayers, the way they pray changes. Look at this prayer of Paul in Ephesians 1, 17 to 18. He says, he prays that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Listen to this the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. In another translation, it says, you're the eyes of your heart being flooded with light, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So Paul's praying that people's eyes are opened to this glorious rich, riches that are inside the saints, inside us that our eyes are open to see what we actually have. Not just be, oh, this is how it looks, this is how it feels, therefore this is how it is. You see what I'm saying? Oh. There's this in Matthew 5a. This is in the Passion Translation. It says, what bliss you experience when your heart is pure, for then your eyes will open to see more and more of God. The condition of your heart determines what you see. If your heart's just full of the... I've got to be careful what I say here. I don't watch the news and stuff like that. Because to me that's like fellowship in... That's like... <laughs> the Bible says to think on things that are good, noble, excellent, praiseworthy and of good report. When you watch the news, you're not doing that. You're thinking on death, horribleness, lies, deception, you're filling your heart with something that is very, very negative and poisonous to your soul. 
Is that harsh? I could go harsher. My missus bought a newspaper home once, and I said, what are you going to do? Have a quiet time with the devil. <laughs> Was that harsh? <laughs> I'm like, you know, in, when you watch these crime programs, they always say it was a blunt force instrument. I always think, I think I'm a blunt force instrument. <laughs> I got hit with a lot. And she just says, yeah, whatever, does her own thing. She's tough. But the reason I'm saying it is because what you put in your heart will either harden it to God or soften it to God. Unbelief, doubt, negative, is going to harden your heart so that your eyes go dark and your ears can't hear. When you're praying, meditating on the word of God, thanksgiving, your heart is becoming softer, will soften, and you'll begin to see and hear. This is, that is, this is so simple. If I go to a conference, I remember going to C3 conference in Amsterdam. Or when we, I did, we did C3 ministry for a year in Amsterdam. We, were, we had chapel in the morning. One of us was always preaching. We were praying together. We were studying the word. We were in church serving, doing stuff. We were doing that. It was impossible to not start becoming alive to God in that environment. It was impossible not to. You know what it's like. If you go to like Soul Survival or some Christian thing, what happens really is you switch off the world and you switch on God. And you're praying all the time. You're worshipping all the time. You're hearing the word all the time. You're fellowshipping with Christians all the time. What happens? First day you're like, oh yeah, yeah, it's all right, yeah, yeah. Day two, oh yeah, getting a bit into it now, yeah. Day three, oh God, so brilliant, do a bit of repentance, you know. Day four, woo, revivals. Then, you know what I mean? What's changed, really? Environment. That's all. It's not magic. You can't feed on the world and then get faith. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not magic. It's like, I remember when we came back from Amsterdam, we were on the boat, because we were doing ministry training, and the news was on. And I hadn't seen telly for three months. And oh, I couldn't believe how negative it was. I'd become sensitive to it because I'd been unplugged from it. And I was more plugged into God and stuff. It all depends what you want. You want a soft heart that can see and experience things of God and the realm beyond. God's already given you everything. It's there. You've got it. You're loaded. You're loaded with God, man. But we need to soften out, get our eyes open. Get the truth inside you. Jesus said, he who keeps my word will truly be my disciple and he will know the truth and the truth will make him free. So simple. It's not complicated, is it? It's just about priorities. Now, we all have to live in the world, you know what I mean? You do. But I wonder how much we could adjust and limit stuff. And start listening to more podcasts now preaching podcast when I'm in my van instead of heavy metal, which is what I used to listen to. You know what I mean? I feel like the art's becoming a bit softer at God for some reason. You know what I mean? Getting a bit of inspiration. The word of God's getting in there. Anyway, I'm going to stop because I think I've said enough. What time were you meant to stop? Is that a time thing? Oh, there's a clock here. I didn't even notice. Christian prayed just before I got up. He said, Lord, open the eyes of our hearts to your love. 
Open, if you need more of God's love, Lord, pray for God to open your eyes. That's it, isn't it? That's what we need to happen. God's love is here, so strong, so powerful, so life-changing. And his, his goodness towards you, his kindness towards you, his generosity towards you, his blessings on you, you've got it. He's poured it all on. As much as he's got, he's poured onto you and into you. Now we just need our eyes open to see. My job is to make some weird, mystical things very simple. And I feel like I've done my job today. You've, you've got it. You don't need more. You don't need more. He's got the 20 quid. He just didn't see it. You know what? It just showed him something that showed him a, what he couldn't see, Tom couldn't see. That's what the Bible does. It shows me. It says, greater is he than is in you than he does. Well, that means I've got God in me. I might not see it. I might not feel it. But you know what? I'm going to start believing it. I'm going to start declaring it. I'm going to start saying it because the Bible says it. And that's got to be the highest platform or thing that we go to. All right.